Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus, Charette. Say what? Doc G, what is up, sir? Ah, uh, living. Word. Living, Mike. How are you? Same, same. I don't know if you know this, Doc G, probably not, but over the weekend, NBA 2K24 came out. So, uh... Big gaming event, everybody. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I've, um, that's been a lot of my life last couple days. You be, uh, now, are you online gaming? Is this online that you do a lot of? Yeah, I do a lot of online, but see the thing about it is, Doc G, is you have to build up your player. Right, you gotta, you gotta make a good. player, you yeah. gotta make them good first before yeah. you can, so I spent a lot of time, you know, picking out my clothes, <laughs> making sure my face is looking like now, me. Now, and it's uh, you, it's your Mike, your Mike Charette balling. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome, and I uh, and I mean you're on Orlando, right? Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah. of course, of Atlanta course. Orlando Magic, yeah. Um, so like, how many, how many, yeah. like, how many seasons do you need to go through? Is it a season thing, or is it just prep? That that's you're a good like, question. I don't know. Like, I think that you could. I I I've never actually finished a season. Usually, I just play like a few games and I just jump straight online. But I think this yeah. time I'm gonna try to win the championship. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try. I've done it before. Okay, I'm gonna try to win. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. That's that's good investment, yeah. Mike. That's good investment in your time <laughs> right there. That's uh, I see esports in your future. You know. That would be the dream. That would really seriously be the dream. And I actually did audition, or not audition, but I tried out for it, Doc G. I tried getting on the Orlando Magic Gaming uh, League. Wow. The 2K League, yeah. Mike, I am nowhere close to good enough to do that. Nope. At any any game that has been released since 1998, I am nowhere close (laughs) to being Mm. good enough. Now, if you give me Contra... From Nintendo, Ooh. I will yeah. tear somebody up in Contra. Mm-hmm. I can beat that game without losing a life, listeners. That is not really? a lie. Yes, I can. It mm. has happened. It has happened, listeners. But enough about my gaming, Mike. I did have some other fun things, though. You know, football's back. That's nice. It's always yeah, it entertaining. Is. Uh, it is. You know. Um, but aside from that, I didn't really have too many things going on. You know? I watched some yeah. football this weekend. Nothing much. Uh, I did uh, adequately maintain my hygiene, Mike. There you go. Yeah, which that's is important. A, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I brush, yeah. I brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. a uh, electric toothbrusher? Electric, as of uh, like two or three years ago. Okay. What, yeah. what are you rocking? What what kind? Um, I think it's an Oral B, mm. uh, Amazon nice. top rated, nice. <laughs> whatever that was. Yeah. I mentioned. What about you? I mentioned on the show. I have two. So true. I, I rotate back and forth to get all of my needs. You know, to, okay. to get up there to the top. I have a Sonicare, and I also have an Oral B. Both. All right. You know, and both of them, they they have the little uh, two minute timer. You know, automatically yeah, they, in there. You know, all those quadrants. So yeah, you, you alternate your toothbrushes? So that's like right. On Monday, 
That's right, Mike. And then Tuesday, the oral. Serious. Uh-huh. Sometimes, sometimes if it's feeling really dingy up there, I go both in one day. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to get in there, Mike. Uh, the 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 Sonicare, as I've told listeners, um, and the listeners that actually remember this are like, oh my god, he's talking about. <laughs> Hi, uh, tooth hygiene again. <laughs> but the, the the Sonicare mic, lower intensity, much better for gums and the and the t- uh, tongue. Okay. The, the Oral B, I feel like it's it's for the rougher jobs. You got to get in yeah. there on the teeth. You got to hit the crowns, that kind of area. So mm-hmm. yeah. I like I like both of them. But you, you, you the, both of them have that two minute time frame. Mm-hmm. You know. You got two minutes to fill in there. And a lot of times, like you said, I'll go focus. I go into it. I'm I I weaknesses and strengths. I gotta turn a weakness in my mouth into a strength. That's right. Let's work on this today. Let's get better at gum hygiene, you know, and I'll mm-hmm. focus on the gums, you know. Mm. But sometimes yeah. I just don't bring a game plan, you know. Girl, come on. I'm a little lifeless that day as far as as far as hygiene, and I just sort of zone out as I'm brushing. Yeah, you improv. You know? Yeah, yeah. And the other day I zoned out, and uh, mm. I was zoning out, and I just bought a new tube of toothpaste, and I still had the box of the toothpaste. What toothpaste? What toothpaste? Sensodyne. Sensodyne. Yeah, total care with okay. the, with enamel protection. I get right. it because of the enamel protection. I want to try to keep all the enamel I have, but that's a fact. I was uh, I was looking at the uh, the box, Mike, and uh, I was reading all the wacky chemicals that I was putting into my mouth. Uh, you know that are like fifteen syllables long, and I was like, nah, I got a feeling that can't be good. Nope, that's <laughs> eh, probably not good to have in your mouth. But at the bottom of the box, Mike, very interesting. It says not. For off-label uses, in all hmm. capital letters, and I was just like, would you know, made me pause while I was brushing my teeth, and I was just like, "Is this explosive?" Yeah, what? Well, that's and, and like, because <laughs> anytime you see that command, Mike, you know they put it yeah. there because somebody had already done it. Somebody yeah. <laughs> has done that off-label use before. When you see a sign that says, don't get naked in campus fountain, you mm. know people were getting naked in the campus fountain. Yeah. And they were like, all right, put this sign up. And freaks. Create a uh, rule now. Yeah. So I found that pretty funny as far as not all, you know, not for off-label uses. So I took a picture, not for off-label uses, and I sent it to a couple friends. I thought about sending it to you, Mike, but I was like, I don't know. Mm. It was early in the morning, and I was like, Mike's probably still sleeping right now because it was early, you know, on the East Coast, and I was like, yeah, it's probably even earlier for Mike. I was like, I don't want to, I want to, like, it ruin maybe a good sleep with this, so I didn't you bother it. you. It's on Do Not Disturb. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. good to know. Feel free to send me anything anytime, Dr. Good, good. I will, I will send it next time, but regardless... I got a couple of responses from my friends, you know, and uh, you know, most of them just laughed at it and were like, "Ah, oh, that's a good, uh, you know." Gave me. Got you. A- I'm so sorry, not to interrupt, but like, uh, I thought you were going to say before you took the picture. I thought you were going to say, "So I tried lighting my toothpaste on fire." <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> sorry. All right. So, 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 so. Tried an off-label use. <laughs> Put it together with some gasoline and saw uh, what happened. No, I, I, you know, I took a picture and. Uh, you know, I got the obligatory, just nice, like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. 
And uh, but then I got a couple of friends that sent me a, a message back that were like, "Oh, people use it uh, toothpaste for zits." Mmm, I've heard that. And they were just serious, yeah. which, 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 like, made me mad for two reasons, Mike. One, it ruined my joke a little bit because I was just like, "Well." It's not funny when you actually know the reason. That's dumb. <laughs> and, and, then, yeah. and then second, there's no way an toothpaste helps with zits. None. None, Mike. None at all. And anyone out there right now that's like, well, uh, no way, Ben? Uh, let me tell you, toothpaste works on zits. Let me tell you, listener, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. There's one thing that all toothpaste companies like. Hmm. All of them out there. Crest, Colgate, Sensodyne, Arm & Hammer. All of these companies like, and this is a fact, you can write it down, money. Mm-hmm. They They're do. fans of money. And if you're telling me a company has another use for their product and they're not going to use it, you're just wrong. That's a fact. Like, you're just going to tell me a company, a toothpaste company, is going to find out their product magically gets rid of pimples. And then, instead of selling it to the zid millions of zitty teens out there, the company's like, no. No, our intentions from the beginning was a product for teeth. We do not want to use it for any other thing than teeth. That's effing ridiculous. They would have different colors, Mike. They'd have different smells. They'd put mm -hmm. it all. They'd, ch they'd literally change the name to Zit Paste, and they'd be like, <laughs> "Here's your Zit Paste." Like, like Ew. you can rest assured, if a like, I guarantee you, there is a, a a branch of toothpaste companies right now that has already investigated that. They heard this, you know, cultural rumor that it cures zits, and they brought in a bunch of people, and they tried it out, and they found out that it rots off your face, and they were like, oh. Jeez. All right, doesn't get rid of, rid of zits. That doesn't work. Like, the only reason they even went to put that warning on there is to keep themselves out of trouble. So when somebody does put it on their face, and their face does rot off from toothpaste, they're like, see, we told you. Not for off-label uses. Like... <laughs> They're not, like, trying to keep you from a miraculous thing that's going to cure your zits. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous, Mike. I want to go ahead and make an announcement for this show. Remember, folks, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Any repurposing of this show is not recommended by the hosts of this show. We are mm -hmm. not recommending it. No. Do not use this show to reduce the amount of zits that you have. It will mm. not work. No. Mike. Not going to work. While we're waiting for our zit pace to kick, <laughs> do you want to start firing the show up? Let's fire up the show, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Mike, as you can tell, I'm ready for a good show because I had an eventful week. Filled with yes. thinking about toothpaste. So I'm ready mm -hmm. to actually do something. Say what? And that something is waste time. And we've got a great way of wasting time. We've got the one, the only, Gregory Hutchin on the show. Better known as Hutch. He's got his new album out, Da Bang. It's going to be a fantastic conversation with Hutch. Can't wait. But first, we need to start where we start. 
birthday suits. Okay, Mike. Uh, I know I say this a lot, um, but I forgot to write down your... You've been on a streak, and I forgot yeah. to write down the streak that you're on. Girl, come on! So, yeah. uh, I, I need I think to, you said I'm pretty far away from at least getting you're, 50%. I'm no, pretty no, far away from 50%. You're, you're right, right on 60%. Yeah, I'm like close to 60. So. Yeah, you're you're somewhere yeah. in the ballpark of 59, 59 and like 102 out of 102 or 103. Mm. Something. I'm going to go back, and, and this time I'm actually going to do it on our musical break. I'll figure it out, guys. Okay. Uh, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. It's coming. Regardless, uh, I think it could be another another three for Mike. Say cool. Thank you. Another three for, uh, and I'm gonna try Let's to do go. the condensed, the condensed uh, clue here. Okay. So here we go. First clue: producer, writer, actor, filmmaker, but everybody knows him for one character: Medea. Medea. Yeah, the old grandma. Um. Oh, wow. Why am I? Meet the Browns on TBS. Um, House of Pain was another show that he had. Diary of a Mad Black Woman was his first movie. Oh, Tyler Perry? There it is. Yes. Tyler Perry. You seem very confused on that first guess. Tyler? Yeah, I don't know. There's so many guys that are like multi, like that are just multi-talented, you know? Like they have so many different roles and like. I don't know. That guy, that guy uh, just. He's got a lot of them. Yeah. 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 Uh, Born 1969, Mike, in uh, New Orleans. Obtained his GED. And after he obtained his GED, he was watching the Oprah Winfrey show. Sweet. When he saw a guest on the show commenting how writing can be therapeutic. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to write it for therapy. That's literally why he started writing. And he wrote his first play based off of that. And there you go. His first play was titled, uh, I Know I've Been Changed. And he reworked this this uh this play like for literally like 12 years and just kept putting it on all around Atlanta and it became just a massive success i mean like millions and millions of dollars brought in just in the Atlanta area on that first that's a fact that first play that he wrote uh and then his first movie was diary of a mad black woman uh and then he had a bunch of uh tv shows house of pain meet the browns uh, the haves and the have-nots. Uh, and now, Mike, after uh, 20-some years in the industry, well, actually almost 30-some years in the industry, worth $1.1 billion. Wow. Yeah? Yeah. Some folks in the uh, black community don't like him that much because they think they he uh, sort of um, degrades african-american humor if you will brings it down to a lower denominator sometimes uh spike lee at one point in time heckled him you know like not heckled it but basically just uh degraded his uh his work and was like uh don't like it you know yeah which obviously angered uh tyler perry which i would get um, yeah, for sure. And you know, Tyler Perry was like, "Hey, uh, if uh, you know, if if I'm if I'm pandering, then why are there audiences that actually like this stuff? 
ask my audience, you know, like what and so it's it's an interesting dynamic. But he definitely has mm-hmm. his uh he has his lovers, Mike. He has his folks that are Tyler Perry disciples, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, regardless, he's oh, turning he's... uh what is he turning? Fifty three. Fifty four. Fifty four. Wow. Fifty four. He's a billionaire, man. That's amazing. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I am not a billionaire. So there you go. Me I don't know if you knew that, Mike. Oh, well, okay. Well, there you go, listeners. If you were thinking about getting money off of me and Mike, uh, better luck next time. <laughs> um, all right, Mike, are you ready? We're going to rip some headlines. Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, this, without a doubt, my favorite, my favorite uh, story just because of the pure imagery, like you could make this into such a fantastic movie scene. So there was a terrifying incident, like I said, that has a hilarious Florida ending this past week in Collier County. Um, which, by the way, Mike, I can't think of Collier County without thinking of Ace Ventura going to find Ray Finkel. Nope. Because that's where Ray Finkel lived in, uh, in the first... Uh, Ace Ventura. Okay, so this is South Florida. Southwest, yep. Southwest, Southwest Florida. Okay. Yeah, basically gotcha. on the other side of the Everglades from Miami. That's that's Collier County. Yeah. Um, regardless, Mike, three students. <laughs> they're uh, three students that go to Palmetto Ridge High School. They were cruising down the road in their car uh, when a large white pickup truck came up behind them. Hmm. Truck followed the car very aggressively right behind them, pushing the car almost, you know, just right back there, weaving back in and forth. They're like, what is going on, right? Oh, my gosh. Sounds terrifying. Yeah, and the truck followed them until they they went down a dead-end street, and they didn't have anywhere else to go, and they just stopped the car and were like, oh, crap, right? And uh, the man in the truck gets out of the car, allegedly points a gun out of the driver's window, Jeez. yelling curse words at the students the whole time, telling the kids to stay in the car. Got out of the truck, keeps the gun fixed on the car, repeats yelling at the students, and then one of the kids in the car realizes that the man who was pointing the gun at them and threatening them appears to be one of his neighbors. Huh? It's like, is that our, is that my neighbor? Is that my neighbor doing this? And uh, the kid did an extremely bold thing, uh, which I definitely would not have done in this point in time. He rolled down the window. What? To say something to the neighbor. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I'd be that ballsy with a guy that's yelling obscenities and has a gun pointed at me. That seems... But when he did that, the man that was in the truck recognized the kid and said, and I quote, oh, my bad, bro, and got back in his truck and drove off. Word. What? (laughs) Just sees the car, sees the dude, whoop, my bad, gets back into his truck. Now, uh, just an update for you. The alleged uh, perpetrator has been arrested. But uh, I just find this completely hilarious, Mike. Like, 
it just 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 the thought of it in my head of like i will end your effing life get out of the car terry <laughs> terry is that you oh my bad drive Wait. home safe i'll see you at church next week all right guys <laughs> like what what is this what why why would you be doing this in the first place like just the 180 yeah. he pulled it's just so hilarious just like it's like some action movie and then all of a sudden Jeff? Yeah. Oh, hey, my oh. bad. Uh, let's uh, just put this it's gun back in the old holster. Yeah, that's uh, ooh, don't tell your parents about this. All right, <laughs> uh, like just what was going on? Like this is yeah. one of those, Mike, that I just need, like I need the backstory. I need to go to this perpetrator once he's behind, safely behind bars and I'm not worried about him murdering me and be just like, what's going on in your life? What? What were you doing that this yeah. was the the result here? What what yeah, happened? I don't like the resolution to the story. Not There's too many questions. To, yeah. Very open ended, Mike. But yeah. still, just in my head, that whole sequence that would be a perfect movie sequence. Just it, yeah. perfect. Whoops! <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Drive safe. <laughs> Doctor, if it was my neighbor, he'd be like, <laughs> "That's true, that's true." And if I were the kids, no, this was on purpose. All if right. I were the kids, uh, I would be like, "Hey, we need to go back to uh, our house. Um, I need to get a new pair of underpants." So, if anybody, <laughs> I therapy. don't. Nobody else does. Wow, you guys are. A ballsy group. Um, Mike, a little news from the fitness and sports world. Hmm. James Arrington won his age division at the uh, 2023 International Federation Bodybuilding Masters World Championships. Now, I'm guessing you're wondering, what was his age division? Yes! Well, I'll tell you. The over 90 age division what that's right james arrington 93 years old Goals. competing in bodybuilding mike i'm guessing judges said he scored most of his points for being able to stand and being alive you know mm -hmm. that's amazing. Wow, look at him. He's <laughs> using his legs as a living person. Nicely done. <laughs> like ninety three, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. He did like one jumping jack, and then boom. He got well. You know, I mean, perfect tens. I, I and, and you know, it it always when you get these 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 insane folks like this, it sounds crazy. But like, I'd give him like seventy five. You show me that picture, I'd be like, that guy's like seventy five. Not okay. 93. Like, because he's actually got some muscle definition. And 93. Okay. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's there. Yeah. You can yeah. see some muscle definition. And to be 93 and get up there in your Speedo, come on. That's right. That's, that, I mean, well, actually, I feel like there's a lot of 93-year-olds that would get up there in their Speedo just because... At that point, who Why? cares? But yeah, like, yeah. but still, I mean, to get up there in a speedo at ninety three and not make everyone in the building vomit—that's pretty amazing. Like, mm -hmm. nicely done, James Arrington. Goals, mm. as Mike said. Yeah, goals. I'm gonna check this guy out. Yeah, James Arrington. Uh, two R's, Mike. 
A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Want to check him out there. Uh, now, um, while you're checking him out, Mike, I've got a little uh, real estate you may be interested in. So, uh, I've got a lovely house on Lake uh, Como in Italy. Just absolutely lovely, Mike. Um, it's owned by George Clooney. So, he's selling his famed bachelor villa, and it's reasonably priced. Something you might want to think about. $107 million. Wait, what? Not bad. Not bad. 7% interest rate? I mean, come on. This. Not bad. Mike, apparently, <laughs> uh, the um, his, his people, uh, George's people, said this is a very quiet listing. No advertising, no press, just high net worth prospective buyers. Hmm. And I sort of thought, Mike, I was like, considering that there are only like 4,000 people out of 7 billion people on earth that can afford this house, probably don't need to put it on Zillow. I don't, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think too many people, hey, oh, you know what? I think I can swing that. Well, what's the mortgage payment on that? $180,000 a month? Yeah, okay, I think I can do that. That sounds all right. Like, come on, man. I'd say you could just get all of the emails of all the billionaires in the world and just be like, can I group text them? Something like that. All right, like, just... And not only that, Mike, but it's a, you know, classic case of rich getting richer. What do you think he paid for this villa? Mm, I'm going to guess, like, three million bucks, four million bucks. A little bit higher, ten million. Ten million. Ten million. So over a thousand percent increase on yeah, that. On the, and that was like two thousand four, I think, when he bought it, or five. Come on, George Clooney. I'm sorry, yeah. but like, I mean, good for you. I'm just being angry, but like, what? Come on, you make ninety ninety million dollars. On something while you were being one of the most famous actors in the world and marrying one of the most attractive women in the world and selling a billion dollar gin business or tequila or whatever the f is. Come on. Ridiculous. Yeah. You got too many things. You got too many things, George Clooney. You're too <laughs> Doctor, perfect. Do you ever you ever hear the story about how he gave his like friends like a million dollars? No. He gave like a bunch of his close friends like a million dollars once he got really successful. He had yeah. like he had a dinner and he gave like his friends like I think it was like suitcases. Not suitcases, but like briefcases mm. with like a, maybe not. Maybe not the briefcase part, but he gave him like a million bucks. How nice is that? Get a successful friend and give us gives you like a million bucks. I, I would st I'd still be angry at him. I'd be like, "You're <laughs> worth 1.1 billion, George." Come on. Come on, one million? What am I supposed That's to do with this? <laughs> Jeez, we've known each other since kindergarten, you turd. Anyways, no, he is. He's an amazing person, and it sickens me how amazing he is. Uh, yeah. He's just so much better than all of us. Mike, uh, I must have missed this one from back in the day. Let me just go ahead and say right now, have you seen the video of a Belgian cyclist uh, knocking over a little girl on a snowy pathway? Hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. But I want to see right now. Go ahead and Google on. Just pull out Google there and uh, type in "cyclist knocks down kid." Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Coming up behind her, and he's like, 
Get out of my way, kid. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow. Did he push her? He t- with his knee. With his okay, knee. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Very subtle. Yeah, Very now, subtle push. Now, Mike, have you seen that? Have you seen no. that before? Yeah, now, I, no. I miss. Apparently, that went viral. Back uh, Christmas 2020 was when that went down. Belgian cyclist comes up, snowy path, family, little girl on the path. The man might be able to squeeze by the girl on the path without touching her, but as he's passing her, he's just like, you know what? Knee in the back. And she goes, she goes flying. And uh, yeah. the father of the girl uh, filmed the whole incident and put it on social media. And like I said, it went viral. Uh, now, initially, the family took the man to court, Mike, for kneeing the kid. But he was given a suspended sentence on the grounds that he had been criticized enough on social media. Basically, people would just, you know, do what they do on social media. And it's like, I hope that guy dies and burns <laughs> yeah. in a And you're like, well, that might be a bit much. I don't know. Like, But after the biker was taken to court, he actually took the dad to court for defamation. Mm. And he just won the court case, Mike. Ah. He won the court case. Now, uh, listeners, if you haven't seen this video, just like Mike hadn't seen the video, uh, you need to take a look. Yeah. I don't know how I missed this thing when it happened, but I missed this thing. And uh, I got to say, um, the first thing when you see that, first off, total move. The, the <laughs> old guy, it was a total move. Yeah. But second point, pretty hilarious. Yeah, it was. It, it's pretty, like, I mean, obviously the guy sucks. But it's also obvious that an old guy on a bike kneeing a little girl who's dressed up in, like, 30 pounds of snow gear is yeah. hilarious. Like, she wasn't hurt. She just fell over and she nah, got up. She just hurt, no. like it was just, And you're just like, what? Oh, man, Mike, I must have looked at the replay of that like 15 times, laughing every single time. And the look on his face after he goes by, like, "Mm, maybe nobody noticed that. Maybe I just got like, just sort of like, yeah, she sort of deserved it. She was a little bit in my way, and there we go. Like, just ah, some people, Mike. I mean, literally, that was that along with toothpaste was my week. I went back Mm. and looked at that a couple more times and was just like, "Mm, mm, 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 mm. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, listeners, you gotta check it out. You gotta check it out, Mike. Before we go to break here, um, interesting story out of Missouri. Uh, it's weird too. Uh, Boonville High School, Boonville High School had their seasoning opening football game back on September first, Mike. And apparently, at their season opener, the school gave away their awards and trophies. From the school's trophy case. And they did this on accident. Huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? Yes. Most of the time, those are, yeah. That's a good question. That's the exact question I have, Mike. old, dusty trophies. They look like participation trophies a lot of the time. They're so old, they have no structures. Well, in in a letter to parents and staff, Mike, the superintendent, Mark Harvey, said that the items were displayed before the game and were subsequently given away without the knowledge of the Boonville Board of Education, the principal, or him. 
He then said, I am working with district employees to review how this occurred. And then lastly, he said, each plaque, trophy, or recognition item holds a special place in the hearts of our school community. It would be very kind if you would assist me in locating each piece of Boonville's history. Like you, Mike, I'm going to need an instant replay of how this happened. <laughs> like, they've got the trophies out before the game, and somebody walks up and is like, Whoa! Is that the 2003 state championship? Sure is. Can I pick it up? You know what? You can have it. Go ahead and take that. Wait, what? I don't I don't really want it. No, no, no. <laughs> that's yours. Go ahead and take it on home. Like who's going to do that, Mike? Who wants to take one of these trophies? Like I just say like, "Hey, you remember that Boonville High School uh girls regional victory in tennis in 1995?" No. Well, you might remember after you see it in my living room. <laughs> like, who who wants one of these? Just so bizarre, Mike. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I feel like at my old high school, they could try to give it away, and everybody would be like, nah, I'm good. You should probably keep that. We don't, I don't, yeah. I don't need that. I don't want it. Like, there's not one thing that I can think of that I would want. Like, well, I mean, it probably adds to the fact that I don't think I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a contributing factor to any of those trophies or awards. But still, <laughs> like, there's nothing in there that I would want, Mike. It's very bizarre. No. I just, I just yeah. don't get it. Regardless, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest. This is... Gregory Hutchinson with his fantastic song, Straight From the Heart, right here on the Doc G Show. A wise man once told me, patience, and you will persevere. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, you know, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, Mm -hmm. they should please subscribe to the show Mm. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, uh, all kinds of spots for podcasts. Uh, wherever they get their podcasts. It's a cost-effective way to support the show. And, of course, if they're feeling extra generous, please leave us a five-star review and a comment. We love comments. Amen, Mike. Yes. We need to thank those listeners that regularly listen, Mike. The regs. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Shout out. 
Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. Shout out. Mike, there were, Boynton. There were several screw-ups in there, but you know what? It's okay. Like a prize fighter in his last fight, I refused to go down. Word. I was like, yeah. no. No, I am not stopping on this one. We are not restarting. There, Great job. It was stumbling from the beginning. I was like at Radford. I was just like, I don't, I, oh, my mouth doesn't work. <laughs> it was bad. It's bad. Regardless. Thanks to those folks that regularly listen. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know? We do. We, we definitely we do. appreciate it. Uh, Mike, four-star listeners. Here we go. The the, the semi-regs. Here we go. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Lyon, France. Shout out. And they might have been a little bit upset about our uh, knocking of uh, French instead of, uh, uh, instead of Haitian Creole. Girl, come on. I stand mm. by it, French people. Okay, <laughs> I still want to learn Creole. I'm sorry. It's just it seems more fun. Regardless, uh, shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, shout out mm-hmm. to Haverhill, Massachusetts. Haverhill, never been there. Mm. Right? Shout out yeah. to Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out to Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to the 305, Miami, Florida. Shout out to Mountain View, California. Shout out to Manhattan, New York. Shout out to Portland, Oregon. Shout out to Sacramento, California. Shout out to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Shout out to Wahoo, Nebraska. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Wichita, Kansas. There we go. There we go, man. That's semi regulars for you there. Shout out. Nice. Nice. Uh, Mike, love you guys. I uh, I took a li- look. Uh, you are sixty four and three fourths out of one hundred and six. Cool. What's the percentage on that, Doctor? I'll just say sixty four percent. I'll take no, it. No, I mean you're very <laughs> close to to sixty percent. Very close. Sixty percent. Like it's like cool. fifty nine point something. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the exact right now because that's how interesting our show is. Hold on just a yes. second. Yes. We love percentages. Yeah. Uh, you exact. are. Oh, you're right over. I am bad at math. I should have known. 61%, Mike. 61%. Let's 61 go. 61%. My Oh, my goodness. gosh. I can't believe it. Yeah. I thought I would never. I would know anybody's birthday ever. Anytime I ever heard people trying to guess birthdays on radio shows, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry for those people. I would not know anybody. No, I mean, uh, uh, admittedly, Mike, I have been pulling the ones that I'm like, I think Mike would know this. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. So, I mean, if, you know, if I were thank just, pull, for the if I were pulling random people, you might be down at the 40s, 30s, you know? <laughs> yeah, probably the zeros. But uh, we, we try we try to cater to a, a Mike knowledge base, you know? An associate's degree. As much, well, no, just in, in your world. What I think, yeah. I'm like, okay, what would Mike know, uh, you know? And so... That's a fact. We get most of the time. Most of the time we connect. But regardless, Mike, I got one story before we go to break here. And it's just a reminder here, Mike. This is a story out of Philadelphia. 
Igor Kostyachenko. Kostyachenko. That's how we say his name. Kostyachenko. That's how I'm going to say it. Probably wrong. Kostyachenko. Sounds good. He's from Ukraine. Um, he is a professional MMA fighter, and he moved to the United States to be an MMA fighter. But uh, he hasn't really broke through in the big time as far as money yet, Mike. He's 4-0 in his professional fights, but, you know, he's not making a ton of money. So when he's not mm -hmm. training, he actually spends his time uh, doing a little, you know, side hustle. A little Uber Eats, you know? Well, Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, while he was out hmm. there doing a side hustle the other day, his car was double parked, right? Flashers on. Uh, when he ran in to make the delivery, uh, two guys jumped out and stole his car Jeez. and drove off, right, while he was making the delivery. And he comes back out. He <clears throat> sees the car being stolen. He sees the car because, you know, it's Philadelphia. You're not going to make it far before you get stuck in traffic. So, you know, they, they sped off and then hit a stoplight, and we're like, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, his reaction, Kostyuchenko's reaction was, I'm going to run after this car. Girl, come on. And he caught up to the car, grabbed onto the driver's window, and told them to stop the car. It was his car. Uh, and I like how he adds the part that he says, it's his car. Like, the carjackers <laughs> are going to be like, oh, you're the owner? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Here, well, my bad. Is it like, anyways, he uh, he told them to stop the car, and uh, the carjacker's response was to say, "Don't touch this car. I'll kill you," and then speed off with Kostyashenko holding on to the car. Uh, and there's video, literally, of him being sped down the Philadelphia road, holding on to his own car on the side. While he's holding mm. on to the side of the car, the other carjacker pulled out a gun and fired two shots, barely missing Kostyashenko. He didn't get shot, luckily. Very luckily. Mm. But, Mike, I would like to say this is a very good reminder to remember that if you're ever thinking, what's stronger, an MMA fighter or a gun in a car? A gun in a car is always stronger than an MMA fighter. So true. It's, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are, Mike. Don't go after somebody that stole your car. I don't no. care if you've had 15 black belts. It's just a dumb decision. You know who's mm, supposed yeah. to go after that car? The police. They are here mm -hmm. to protect and serve you. That is their job. I know it's not easy to trust those fellas. Sometimes they don't do the best things. But that's their job. Call them and be like, somebody stole my car. Go find it. <laughs> they're like, stuck in traffic. Yeah, they're right in front of me. Like, <laughs> Here would be my reaction to the same situation, Mike. Holy <laughs> Those dudes just stole my car. <laughs> then you would open up your Uber Eats order and start eating. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like and then I'd look over and just be like, looks like I'm walking to work for a while. That's all right. Well, this day sucks. That would be my response, Mike. <laughs> that would be my not I'm gonna chase uh, this car down yeah, no and way. be the Terminator. No. 
No, and even if you could, I'm not I'm not questioning it, Mike. I know Kostyuchenko probably in a one-on-one -on -one fight with this guy could beat the crap out of him. But carjackers don't play fair. They literally just stole your car. They literally yeah, just broke are. the rules. They're not Nothing worried about breaking no. rules. That's what they do. Like, just... Yeah. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be back with the fantastic Gregory Hutchinson right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have a fantastic guest today, a tremendous musician, a tremendous drummer who has his debut solo album, Da Bang, coming out 929, Mr. Gregory Hutchinson. Gregory, how's it going? Yes, yes, yes. I'm doing good. How you doing, my friend? You good? I am doing good, man. I, I, I got to ask. Good. I You know, I've, I've been seeing the updates on social media and, and everything else. Uh, you're a, you're a New York man, but you're living in Rome, Italy. How's yes, yes, I've, I've how, been here about uh, twelve years. Twelve years. How does Rome compare to New York? I mean, I mean, obviously, you like oh. it. You've been here for a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, given the climate of what's going on in the states right now, politically and 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 financially and everything else, uh, Europe is, is looking pretty good right now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just a, a peaceful lifestyle, a, a way of going out like after this interview me and my lady will go out have some dinner we can sit outside if we want to we, we don't really have to worry about anybody running by and and possibly putting two in us <laughs> so, oh, like all that it. kind of stuff you know, and when you grow up in new york you, you you get accustomed to that but when you leave it's like your mind realizes oh what a jungle it is but at the same time there's no place like nyc baby i gotcha i gotcha what well, now i mean you mentioned it you'll get some food afterwards is the is oh, the food man. is the food as dangerous as I think it is? I mean, is it as good? It as, really is. Huh. It really is. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Um, you know, especially if you're eating, if you if you if you've not been or if you've been, you know, Italian food, and the way we think about Italian food is so different the way than they actually really cook it here. So oh yeah, it's a big difference. It's a lot healthier, everything, but. You know, it's. I think anywhere you go, you can always find some good food too. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. What, what's your go-to place in Rome? Oh wow! Ah, my go-to place in Rome. We have a place. Actually, we. Ha I have two cats. Okay, guys, gonna be like Greg has cats. I have two cats, and there's a restaurant around the corner, which is actually uh, based on kind of the the, the premise of it. Is it's cats roam the restaurant. And they have like their own little steps on the walls and stuff. They stay out of the food and everything, 
but it's kind of a vegan place. Nice. And the food, the food is so incredible that you don't know that it's vegan, actually. Like oh, the desserts, you're still getting real alcohol there. Um, but the desserts and everything else make you feel like you're just in this incredible world of someone's fantasy. And <laughs> these young people are cooking great food. So it's awesome. Like a, like a cat cafe vegan style. I like it. That's what it is. Exactly. That's what it is. You got it. I like it, man. That sounds good. Uh, I was going to ask you. You got uh, Philly Joe, Buhena. Those are the uh, those are the cats. I'm guessing um, Philly Joe is wow, on. Wow, you got it, man. Yeah, you did your homework, my friend. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing uh, uh, Philly Joe then has to be on your Mount Rushmore of drummers, I'm guessing, uh, if you're going to dedicate yeah, a cat. There. Okay, yeah, he's he's. He's definitely, uh, Philly Joe is on the Mount Rushmore. There's so many guys, you know, that we can talk about all the great drummers. Uh, the other one is Boo, right? So yeah. Boo is up there too. Nice. Uh, Max, uh, Roy Haynes, who I got a chance to hang with a bunch. Elvin, Tony, I, yeah. all, all my favorites, you know. I love it. I love it. Now, did you get, did you get the, uh, the cats? Was that during the pandemic or was that, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a little, yeah, actually that was during the pandemic. Yeah, and it was kind of a, an idea of, of my, my girlfriend's, but I love cats too. And I was the one that kind of suggested, but she, she pushed hard too. And we found <laughs> these two beautiful little cats that were so small. And I, it helped to get through that in my uh, pool table or bilado, as bilado, as they say in Italian, uh, helped me get through the pandemic along with her and uh, trying to get this record done too. So nice. it was all together, you know. Nice. Well, the the cats. I uh, listeners are are well aware. I am a huge cat fan, and they are Woo! just they're just so they're so zen. Cats are just so you know they they always bring you back. They're so relaxed. They're just they you know you you feel nervous, you feel ang- anxious. You go near them, you're like not so much anymore. All right, I feel better. Exactly. I feel better. And that's the best part. You know, they 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 have a way of of calming you and. My cats, when I'm in my music room now, my cats run, run wild in here sometimes, so it's, it's kind of nice. They listen to the beats, they're like, meow, meow. Uh-oh. I, I bet you they'll come in here. I was now. about to say, you're <laughs> rolling up, rolling up. Well, you you mentioned the debut album. Uh, yes, sir. You've been on so many albums over the career. I mean, yeah, I think over 200 now. Uh, it, primarily drums. But you've been a composer, yeah. you've been a producer. Uh, yeah. What made you say, you know what, I got to put out my own album? I think just the mere fact that it's something that I always, you know, wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think I just got, you know, it's nice when you play on everyone else's albums, and that's great. But I have a voice that I wanted to get out, my my own voice, and, and to be able to put that forth and give some some people an offering of something different than they might not expect from me was actually kind of the whole thing it's like i just wanted a challenge and to come a different way with it and yeah. so you can't go to other people's sessions and say oh, let's do something different you have to do it yourself so that's kind of yeah you know that'd be kind of wild show up with my drums hey man you know <laughs> i don't want to do that let's do this <clears throat> so the best way is to get started on this journey <clears throat> you know when you help a lot of other people win grammys and make a lot of money at, at a certain point you figure man i could actually do that for myself yeah yeah well that makes sense i mean that kind of was the really really the basis right there i could actually be doing this for myself too you know yeah well i mean doing it with other artists you've been you've been drumming for literally 
50 years. I mean, you started when damn, you were. Damn, man. You're going to make, make me seem that old. You're close. Not, not far behind. Another, yeah. I'm, I'm up there maybe 35, 40 years. 35, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess if we say uh, seriously drumming. We don't want, you know. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I started at three, so you're right, you're right. You're up there, yeah, you're up there. We're getting there, we're getting there. I mean, I don't want I don't want to put an age on it, but... Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, you've been you've been going, and I, I wondered, for folks like yourself, that it just seems like, I mean, you love music so much, you've been involved with mm-hmm. music so much. Was there any time when you were like, you know... 10, 15 years old that you were like, you had a burning passion for something else, for like geology, and you're like, maybe it's geology or music, <laughs> I don't know, like, is there something else? <clears throat> sports, in high school sports, you know, okay, here's a little fun fact, I did the Cub Scouts, I did the Weeblow Scouts, the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, I, I mean, I'm really a city guy that's into outdoor things, nice. so... Um, I also am a certified scuba diver. Uh, nice. So uh, I ride a motorcycle, I have a Ducati. So I'm into kind of other things, and I've always been that way. And I think at that age, probably sports were something, you know, in football and baseball. But then I realized in high school that these dudes that were playing football and baseball were, like, a lot bigger than I was. And, like, I don't know what if you've ever been hit by a baseball, but these guys were, Ugh. you know, yeah, these guys were throwing real fast, and I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. And and basketball also, you know. So I think all the sports was something I was I really loved, but the love of music and the love of the drums and that rhythm and that passion was something that was always like it always kind of gave me this this life heartbeat inside that was way more than anything else. So nice. That's why I, that's why I gravitated towards you know. We, it's funny you actually brought up the, the baseball. We literally, last week on the show, we were talking about the Little League World Series. And, oh, yeah. And I was, tell, I was telling my, my uh, co-host, I was like, I, that's, that's the main reason I stopped playing baseball was because of how, how bad that ball hurts when you get hit with it. Oh, man, it, it, getting hit and, and, you know, luckily I never got hit in the head with it, but I got hit everywhere else. So oh. and getting hit with a bat too. There, 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 there's not, no, 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 that's okay. Oh, uh, I saw. I, Sometimes on the field and off the field. <laughs> what, what? Luckily I've never, I never got hit with a bat off of the field. Luckily that I don't have to put that one up there, but like. Well, I mean, by accident though, I mean. I, okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Nobody. Yeah, this wasn't roll. This wasn't the warriors. Yeah. No, come out nobody playing. jumping out there with a bat. That's good. <laughs> That's good, but like <laughs> warriors, <laughs> come out and play. Yeah, you remember that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. oh yeah. Well, now, um, I was I was gonna say as far as uh, you know, getting involved in music, I've seen in a couple of uh, like bios of yours, and you know, just thinking about where you grew up, growing up in New York, it's where. Yeah, yeah where uh hip-hop started you know and and it's around that time that you really had those you know grandmaster flash and cold crush crew and african bombada were i mean were you were you huge into those guys when when you were growing up exactly whbi was the radio station and the supreme team before buffalo girls the supreme team was on HBI and they did all of the 
it was like the underground kind of college radio station. They had all the hip hop stuff. So they would nice. have all the live battles. MC Shan, uh, like you said, Cold Crush, Furious Five, Busy B. Nice. Uh, you know, I can talk about all that stuff. That And that's, you know, and this is when, for all you youngsters out there, uh, cassette time. Mm -hmm. So you get your cassette out, tape all the shows. But yeah. this was also how you learn to, uh, this is how I learned to DJ too, because I had one turntable and one cassette. And if you know how that works, you had to know the timing, how to turn, how to DJ, how to make mixtapes also. So big up to Q-Tip, who was a mask who did Nasus Illmatic that way. Yeah. You know, just, that's before there were samplers. This is how you made your own sample. I, I, so yeah, I was big. I, I saw where he, he first learned, uh, I saw an interview where he was talking about where he first learned how to sample like exactly. not not in the old school way and he was just like blown yeah. away by he's like oh my god i'm gonna save like so oh, much man. time it's gonna be so time Cause, efficient cause the other way the other way with the tape recorder was crazy you had to have you had to be right on spot on yeah it's nuts it's nuts well now i mean so people people always sort of label you as a jazz drummer first yeah uh, yeah 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 now yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you just mentioned how much you loved that, you know, that hip-hop growing up. Was it more, did you zero in, in on jazz as drumming because it's sort of seen as that hardest style of drumming and you were like, I'm going to accomplish the hardest thing out there? Or was it still just the the music of jazz, too, that drew you in? I think it was just both. It was, um, I, I was too young to think like that at that point, so... For me, it was really that my, my family is from the Caribbean, so my dad was playing me all this music, uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, and all, you know, all these great bands, Cool & Gang. And then my mom was playing me all the jazz records, like, you know, Elvin, that's the first time I heard Elvin Jones, East Broadway Rundown, and then Love Supreme. So it was like I was getting a mixture of different sounds coming at me. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of gravitated towards, you know, I, I played in, in reggae bands growing up. I played in all, you know, I look back and I say, man, you know, funny the things that you do in high school and growing up. Like I was doing trap music in high school, like or what they whatever you want to call it, drill music. I was yeah. doing that in high school. I didn't know what it was. We just I had my little sampler, my little machine, and oh yeah, what if you speed the high end? Nice. I didn't have I didn't have any idea. So, but jazz always presented to me a challenge of understanding these different complex rhythms and then putting them in a way which is supposed to make people dance. Yeah. And and that's what took away the big band era, you know, the era of people actually dancing to the music. Mm -hmm. And then it's gotten more complex now, of course. So, but still that's the goal for me is always to make people dance. And I think that's why I gravitated towards that on my first record is because I could have done a jazz record as my first record, but I want to do something a little different. I want to do something to make people get up and dance. And then we can bring you back into whatever we want to after you move. We can make you we can get you psychedelic you after we get yeah. in the rhythm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well now, uh I mean go going back to the uh to to starting to learn that, you know, you always have when I look at bios about you, there's always uh you know, Marvin uh, Smith is mentioned, Kenny Washington is mentioned, and, and Justin DiCiccio is mentioned as far as your mm -hmm. your uh, mentorship uh, in drumming. What, yes, yes. What would you say, you know, 
from those three guys, what would you say the biggest thing you took away from would be? Oh, that's easy. Consistency, dedication, mm-hmm. um, and love. Like, you really have to love this. Like, I love the drums. I love what I do. Um, and consistency, because you always want to be on a high level. So I always tell my students, and this is the way I've always said to myself, on my worst day, I'm better than everybody else. Like, <laughs> even on my worst day, like, your 90, my 95% is still better. And this is what you tell yourself. Now, of course, you don't walk around telling other people that. You use this to motivate yourself. And for me, I motivate myself that way. Like, even, you know, if I have, and we all go through periods, and life is this way, ups and downs. So yeah. sometimes you feel about your plan. Sometimes you feel like, ugh. But I never let it get too crazy. I always say, okay, you know what, though? Like, I've worked hard enough to get to a level to maintain, like, the high level and to, to keep it that way. So through those guys, I each saw that, the consistency. And Justin DeChocho, sorry, not, if I don't correct you on that one, he'll kill yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> and and he, he's responsible for, for me kind of shaping modern music because he also taught Steve Jordan, mm-hmm. Omar Hakeem, Marcus Miller. Mm-hmm. So he's responsible for... The shape, uh, Sterling Campbell was a student of his. So he's responsible for the shape, uh, Zach Danziger, mm-hmm. you know, so he's responsible for the shape of modern music in terms of drums. So he was great because he's also the first teacher that I didn't get into music and art. And so, like, that was the first time I had to deal with failure, but actually he also came back and he was the same teacher that got me into Manhattan School of Music. So that's just to tell you guys, like, to be consistent and to not give up and to always put your best forward and, and to really like don't think about other people and not be competitive, but only compete with yourself. And so these are the things I learned, you know, nice. it's all on you. Nobody else. Cause there's no twin. I don't have a twin. Yeah. So who am I competing with? It's just me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well now after, uh, like when you first started going out into music, started, uh, touring, was was uh, Red Rodney the first person that you did like significant touring with? Yeah, that was the first the first gig I did, our first time on the road, and um, it was a great experience because I was super young and I got a chance to experience the world. I tell everybody if you have a passport, just get out there because there's so much to see. And I was a you know New Yorker, grew up in New York, and that's what I knew. And then I came over here to Europe, and the first place I actually came to was Ancona, Italy, and yes. that's why I fell in love with Italy. And then Amsterdam, of course, and we know how Amsterdam is for a young man at that period, where everything is legal. Yeah. So that was a, that was quite a quite a, a shock, you know. And then the music was incredible every night. So this is where the consistency comes in. Every night you have to be at your best because people don't people pay their money to see you, and they don't know what's going on in your life. They mm-hmm. just want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing I learned from that very young age. Is like. Yeah, every night I got to be on, and I want to be on, because mm-hmm. I want you to leave the show feeling like, wow, what was that? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, now, I mean, I was thinking about this uh, with you playing with Red, in the fact that it seems like this more so in jazz uh, than, like, other American music forms, than, like, rock or mm-hmm. rap or something like that, but y- you seem to be more brought in by the old heads in... Yeah. the music and and yep. like you playing with red rodney when you're 18 this guy has played yep. with charlie parker and dizzy gillespie Everybody, exactly. and just all of the was that was that intimidating when for a, a guy your age at that time 
No, it was actually because in school I had uh I had let's see, in school I had uh Gary Dial, Dick Oates, mm. and they were part of Red's band, so mm. that made it a lot easier. Um and I knew them from New York City. So no, the intimidation and I had also been playing around New York a bunch too. So I, I worked with a legendary saxophone player named Clarence C. Sharp. Every Monday we had a jam session. That's where all the guys in New York City came. So I was already in the mix and everybody already knew about me. It's just, nice. I, just I just needed the exposure and to get out on the road. But no, the, I think the the Red was so nice and so cool. And, and to go on the road with him my first time, he made it really easy and accommodating yeah. for me to just do my thing and be myself, you know. Very nice. Very nice. Well, like like we already mentioned, I mean, the, the career... From that time, you you had hundreds of albums that you've been on, and I was wondering, yeah. as far as recording on those, is there any of those that particularly stand out? That when you think about wow. recording them, that you're just like, oh, I, re-, you know, one of those clear memories that you're just like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that would that. Be, that would probably be the Lush Life session with Joe Henderson, which changed my life at a very young age, nice. and uh, that won a Grammy uh, for him. So, and to record with Joe Henderson, you know, that was like a dream. And, and the band was Wynton Marsalis, uh, trumpet, Stephen Scott on piano, and Krista McBride on, on bass. And so, great record. And still to this day, many people mention that. Um, I'd have to say the albums I've, I did with Joshua Redman, mm-hmm. uh, my dude, of course. We spent 20 plus years together. So, anytime you spend that much time with someone, it's like family. We've, we've been through highs and lows. Yeah. Uh, and it has always been great. Uh, I'd have to say Diane Reeves also, you know, we came into the band and she won two Grammys when we came in. So, um, those experiences are, are, you know, they make you, they make you go, wow. Like when you can step into a situation and improve the situation. But if I had to pick one, it's probably the Lush Life record with Joe Henderson. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, I, I was wondering this because, again, we, we a lot of these albums have been jazz-related, and a lot yeah. of times, uh, for good reason, most of your jazz artists are sort of considered the the top, exactly. you know, most yeah. talented. I was wondering, yeah. uh, you've played with a lot of good musicians outside of jazz as well. Of course, yeah. And yeah. I was... Comedy. I was wondering which artist outside of jazz has impressed you the most with their, you know, their skill, their musicianship that you were just like, wow, didn't see that coming. Well, the funny thing is, it's so many ways to answer that question. I would say I've been fortunate that all the musicians I know, whether they play jazz or they play funk or whatever, Mm -hmm. they've all been incredible. It's like uh, a good good friend that I was... email to on instagram a little while ago matt gossica mm-hmm. who plays with animals leaders and he said hutch i was watching you when i was in college so it's it's like i've had this influence on all these great other musicians outside of of jazz yeah. and the ones i've played with i'd say like common uh let us see a great singer common a great rapper yeah um uh wow so many people melvin davis a great bass player from los angeles um Wow, this is a hard one because there's so many different different people that I know because I don't see music as genres, so I just see them as musicians. So I never realized, oh, hey, they don't play straight ahead or whatever yeah. because they play great music. So yeah, I would say Common. Common is probably the one also because I got a chance to spend some time with him nice. and he's like a super cool dude also. So Nice. 
Well, I, I saw an interview. I might have been mistaken on this, but I saw an interview. Uh, it said you got to play and speak with uh, with Prince at some point in time. Oh, man, yeah. We, we did a gig, and it wasn't that I, I played. We, we were doing a gig with Common, and uh, it was opening for Alicia Keys, I think. I, I got to go back and remember now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And look off to the left, and it's 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 Prince standing there. <laughs> nice, crazy, it's crazy. Nice, crazy, yes. Prince, talk, talk about a musician, that guy. Oh yeah, you know, a chameleon too, also. Yeah. Oh yeah. By himself, nobody else around him, just him by himself. Well, that's always I always heard those those uh, you know those legends about him having uh practice and rehearsal for concerts and him just going around to different instruments and just continually playing exactly. everybody keeping yep, yep. it going he could play everything and then after his concerts he, he'd do his own little mini go to a jazz club or something like that hang out with the cats yeah um that, that i remember that happening to us in, um, with the rolling stones in uh in denver colorado and we went and after the show, I'm playing drums, and I look over, and it's Charlie Watt. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on, man? And he's he's a huge jazz drummer. That's why he yeah. saw his setup. He looked like he never moved. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because he came from that. So, yeah. Nice. Nice, man. Well, now, uh, let's talk the, the new album. It's coming out yes, in America September 29th. But I didn't notice. Yes, yes. I, I noticed it's been released in Europe. Uh, as far as there, the earlier date, um, just some singles we released though, but the the whole album is not out yet. No. Okay. Okay. I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't scare me here. You don't scare me. I said, (laughs) oh wait, wait, wait. wait. We still got some more. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We still got some more stuff to do. Um, we got a couple more singles coming out. Um, the next one will be, uh, the fifteenth of this month and mm-hmm. it's a, a video we already did with a great singer Leona Berlin so everybody mm-hmm. go snatch that that's on the album and mm-hmm. this, the name of that tune is called Losing You mm-hmm. and it just talks about how relationships go how people uh, sometimes go apart my whole album is based on going through a divorce and going through a period in my life where I was seeking change and um, and yeah I wrote from a place coming from the heart and so this that tune especially when people hear it, they'll understand exactly what it's about. But that's that'll be out September 15th. And then, like you nice. said, the album is September 29th. Nice. And in between that, we might try and sneak another single out by PJ Jones. But we got a lot of music. You know, there's a lot of music on this record and a lot of different things for people to really get into. So this record kind of, as a friend told me the other day, he's like, this is kind of like a Steely Dan record where there's a lot of different music on here. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, now- and that's what I try to do. You, you mentioned it, I mean, with the new single coming out, it's got Leona Berlin, and I noticed the most, most of the songs are, you've got a lot of features, obviously, on the album, yeah. and she's yeah. on there the most, and I was sort of wondering, um, you know, how, how did you start working with Leona? We just met because we were signed, she was signed to Warner Brothers, and and my good friend Miho up at, thank you Miho, up at Warner <laughs> Brothers, suggested her. And she was a huge jazz fan. And I was playing in Munich, and she lives in Germany. She came all the way to Munich to go see this show at a place called Unterfahrt. Mm-hmm. Unterfahrt. Say that. Unterfahrt. 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 And uh, we sat down and we talked, and she said, yeah, man, you know, I'm really into the music. I heard the stuff you're doing. And I was like, okay, let me check some stuff out. So she gave me some stuff. I checked it out, and then I immediately started writing, and I sent her a bunch of stuff. And her boyfriend's a great drummer. They have a band together, so... 
at that point, you know, she's there are a few people that I feel like are soulmates in terms of music, mm -hmm. and she's one of them. And the other, my other young lady on the record, uh, Lisa Lot, Lisa Lot, Oster Bloom, and she's another one. Same thing. She's a great producer, great singer. Um, so yeah, everyone, everyone contributed in their own way. Also, you know. Nice. Well, now I mean, so so song creation wise, like you said the album you you wrote all the songs and then it was sort of yeah. getting people to add their two cents on yeah yeah you know every 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 great chef can take from other people and add ingredients and mm -hmm. everyone has a an ingredient to and to to add and everyone hears things a little differently so why mm -hmm. not get the best of everyone like I'm not, you know, I still have a lot in this music to learn, too, you know what I'm saying? So every day I'm trying to learn. At the same time, I have great friends who might know more than I do or know other things than I do. So why yeah. not incorporate them into writing some great music, you know? And that's, that's what we try to do. I like it. I like it. Well, now, I heard uh, you say in an interview that you wrote you wrote a song when Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did when, that... when they're gone. When you're gone. Nice. So and That features... Some more Panda Hughes. So it made the it made the album. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. That had to be on there. That that was that's that's one of the coldest tracks right there. The drums on there are Dilla drums, Dilla samples. Thank you, Dilla. Nice. Thank you, Kareem Wiggins, my dude who produced the record. My 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 homeboy for so many years and my friend, a great drummer and producer in his own right. And yeah, we I put that together sitting in, in during COVID when the day that Kobe died, mm -hmm. you know, I think like everyone, my eyes were were swollen shut. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And I happened during the pandemic, I took all my stuff out of the out of my studio and put it into my living room. Mm -hmm. And I was basically living in the living room because I didn't. I was going to divorce. I didn't feel like sleeping in the bedroom. Yeah. And I just watched big screen TV and I had my drum set up. I had my electronics set up, and when I heard that, I just started writing, you know. Man, man. So what? that's that's for Kobe. That's, but that's not just for Kobe. That's for everyone who lost someone during the pandemic, uh, or who who's ever lost someone. The, the the sentiment and thought that you feel when that person is not is not there. Well, we want you to, as we say, give them their flowers and 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 have that love while they're there so that you don't have this feeling of, of remorse or, or you feel sad. No, yeah. we don't want that. So Yeah. Well, I mean, in general, though, you're a huge Kobe fan, right? Oh, man. Come on. Lakers, baby, all day. Let's go. Nice. Nice. I lived in L.A. for 10 years, so, you know, that, that's my thing. We back. We're we, we, we going to do it this year. We're we going to do it. We almost we, we had We couldn't get by Denver last year, but Ooh. we got some more pieces this year. That's all right, Denver. Don't worry, we got something for them. We we beat them before. Remember, we beat them in the bubble. That's true. That's true. The big so, thing I always say though, the big thing is it's not it's not LeBron. It's Anthony Davis. That's the thing. Oh, it's, got to be AD. Got AD. If AD is a beast, we 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 man. If AD is a beast. Oh, but wait. You know what though? Austin Reeves. Oh, wait, uh, wait. He wait. was very surprising. Very surprising. I, so I don't think anybody he, saw he, it coming. Are you watching what's happening now? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's they balling. He's a baller now. Oh he's, yeah. So we good. I think we're gonna be we're gonna be in there this year. We're gonna be in there. It's but it's it's always tough, and I I like that that the fact that you know like music, the NBA gets tougher and tougher. The cats get younger yeah. and younger. And like LeBron, I'm Le, I'm the LeBron of what we do. The, we don't age. We just get better. The old vet, the seasoned vet. 
The OG, the OG, as they say, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, the thing that kills me though with a- Anthony Davis is he re- like when you look at his stats and you look at his ability, it's basically yeah. Giannis. It's, I mean, it's yeah. it's the except he can shoot better than Giannis, and I'm just like exactly. You got all of this, man. You got to be dominating. And when he does dominate, it's crazy. But it just doesn't come every game. It just doesn't. Exactly. He doesn't. Exactly. He doesn't exactly. have that's, the that's, Mamba mentality, man. Exactly. Exactly. And that—that's the problem. You know, we we need that. I think he's going to get it though this year. I think I think we're going to come back. I think they're waiting for my record to come out. See how. <laughs> see how. Everybody's waiting for my record to come out. So that's that true. I'll be back. The motivation, <laughs> the motivation. Well, I actually, I was going to bring that up. We had, uh, we had Doug Aldridge, guitarist. Um, he, he's played for a lot of bands. Play, and he's playing for Dead Daisies now. He used to play with White Snake, and he was telling me we oh, actually yeah. we, we had yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a video. Uh, you know, we interviewed him. I think that was almost a year ago. Actually, we were talking about Kobe because I always would see him. Yeah. Wearing Kobe uh, jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I asked him, I was like, you, uh, were you a huge Kobe fan? And he actually said, um, he, he, I mean, he was a huge, huge Kobe fan. And he said uh, when he would play with Whitesnake, sometimes, you know, he wouldn't be feeling it on stage. And he'd be tired. And he'd just, he said yeah. he'd be going through the motions. And it was sort of, he had asked himself, yeah. what would Kobe do? And he would, exactly. he would snap himself in and, and give it, you know, give it 100%. That mamba mentality, man, getting up before everybody else. Being So that's the kind of thing I do. Like, I'm up before everybody else. When it's time to check out the hotel, I'm there before everybody else to check out. That's been my reputation for years. Um, and we got to keep it going, you know. But I think that's that's what it takes. If you want to be the best, you got to position yourself to do that. And that takes dedication, work, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And really just the willingness to, to not to just be a little bit, you know, compulsive about what you're trying to accomplish. If you want to be that, if you just want to be normal, then okay, do like everybody else. But that's not me. I want to be the best, actually. I love it. I love it. Well, I know I know this album hasn't even released, but do you see this being now, now that you've opened the door of debut album... Do you have another mm-hmm. one already in mind? Do you already have the next one? Oh yeah, that- well, I'm thinking. I'm writing already. We getting we get into the, the, the we get into the writing pen right here. Um, and that's the thing. It takes this is taking a lot to to just get it done and get it out the right way that we want to get it going. So, but now my mind is back in in writing mode. So yeah, I'm I'm there again, and um, we get back in the studio and 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 see what we cook up. You know, I love it. I love Second it. One. We got to keep it coming quick though. You know, that's right. It's coming. It's coming in a month, and I bet the listeners can't wait. Uh, Hutch, we oh, are up so. against a break, man. But I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, my friend, and and to everyone out there, keep supporting uh, live music. Keep supporting this channel for sure. Uh, and and really, just I, it sounds corny, but try and live your life to be the best you can and influence other people. Go get two copies of my album, not one. And stream it and share it and do all that crazy stuff. And uh, check me out, please. September 29th, right now. Yes, let's sir. hear Blow Your Mind. Gregory Hutchin featuring Cy Smith and Javier Starks right here on yes, the Doc sir. G Show. Yes, sir. Light shining brightly, I can see what it is.
And we are back here on the Doc G show. You just heard Gregory Hutchinson. Hutch, man. Had a good time with Hutch, Mike. Good time. Yeah. Seems like a great place to live, you know? It's, a, it's one of those things. It's sort of like we talked about uh, at the end of summer when I thought about uh, moving to South America mm-hmm. for endless summer, you know? I mean, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have endless summer in, in Italy. That's uh, that's not possible. Obviously, they're in the same hemisphere as us, no. so it's still video. So exactly, it's, it's still yeah. on, it's, it's still on my list, listeners. Don't worry, we're still headed there, even with the scary spiders, uh, boner spiders, <laughs> if you remember. What? Um, but uh, I I just you know I hear somebody like uh, Hutch out there in Rome, and I'm like that seems so awesome, you know? Yeah, just gives it me. Does. I mean, I never do it because uh, you know moving and whatnot terrifies me. But like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm like, man, that'd be so cool. Just heading yeah. out there, just going to Rome, just being like, oh, should we get some true Italian pasta tonight? I think we should. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah. just living the Mediterranean life. That's nice. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm gonna buy George Clooney's house. You know what? Let me get let me get on that group text real quick and tell him I will buy it. But I'm only only ninety nine million five hundred thousand. I'm gonna go ahead and drop that down. We're not regardless. Regardless, Mike. Thanks for Hutch coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Fantastic. When his album comes out, all you guys need to check it out. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to get on it. The several singles already out there. Go out, listen to them, enjoy them. Listen to the ones that we had on the show. But Mike. We need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C. Top 3. That's correct. Uh, Mike, you uh, came up with the topic this week of Mm -hmm. favorite fictional animals. Yes. Top three fictional animals, yeah. Now, at first, when I thought about this uh, topic, I was like... I was just thinking of like I guess uh, guess mythological animals, and then I started thinking about like you know, like 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 almost fairy tale animals, you know. And yeah. then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, you got weird things that are going on in movies, you know, that are fictional mm-hmm. animals. So yeah. that that counts, you know. Mm-hmm. So the more I thought about it, the more it sort of opened up for me as far as potentials, you know. So I've got several. I've got several. Um, cool. do, do you have, do <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Do you have any, uh, any, pre, uh, um, um, honorable mentions? Yeah. Um, two. Okay. Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's I a good one. That, I don't know if that counts, but you know, it's um, a fictional animal and I'll take it. Nin- yeah. 1990 specifically. The, the, the yeah. Um, who wouldn't want to hang also, out with that guy waiting for yeah. pizza? Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Just <laughs> just playing with your nunchucks, going on skateboards, waiting for pizza, hanging out in the sewers. Awesome. That's a great Doctor, pick, Mike. Thank you for that quote, by the way. I totally forgot that quote. And that is a legendary quote from that movie. Yeah, man. Very, yeah. Wise men um, say, forgiveness <clears throat> is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. It's a, it's a very, very... It, it's you. just full of all kinds of beautiful quotes, Mike. It's an amazing <sighs> movie. Got to rewatch that movie. Um, and then also, uh, the only other one was 
Yeah, I was, I was, I'm actually going to go ahead and say there's two dragons. Dragonheart from 1996, I think. The 1996 Dragonheart movie uh-huh. with uh, Dennis Quaid. Um, and then also the Reign of Fire dragon from 2002, Matthew McConaughey, um, I, Christian Bale. I didn't even know you were going specifics on these things. Now now I feel underprepared. <laughs> well, I think those are the most, yeah, no, no I guess. Those, those are the most specific. specific. Yeah. I, I went very yeah. I, I went very general with all of mine. Okay. My, okay. my uh, honorable mention is a griffin. Hmm. Just a griffin in general. You know a griffin? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, flying eagle. Uh, lion. Well, the uh, like yeah. the lion. Got the head of yeah. the, the the eagle, the back yeah. and legs of a lion, and then just got you know talons like an eagle too. Uh, and that's why they got honorable mention. Like they're really cool, but they're 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 pretty weird too. Like I'm like all right, and a little. Like I mean, they're always seen as a positive thing. They always come in and help out the good guys. You know, griffins are always mm-hmm. like, but like. I don't know. They just—they're uh, not too pleasing to look at. They're a little frightening. Uh, yeah. So you know, I had to put yeah. them on. Uh, I had to put them on honorable mention. They didn't make it all the way up. My number three, Mike. My number three, and again, I—I I mean, I don't have a—I don't have a specific of this. But yeah, I'm sorry, Doctor. I should have said specifically, like fictional, like movie animals i should have said that but uh my my general is the kraken Mm, the kraken number three the kraken the giant sea monster that will attack you know it's it's usually portrayed as a a squid of some sort yeah Mm -hmm. and i i guess if you you know if you want to say if you want to say, like, from a specific uh, movie, you could say uh, from, what would that be? It's either the second or the third Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a fact. You know? They have the Kraken yeah. in that movie. Uh, but it's just, uh, I mean, you know, that's just, a, it's a frightening thing. Makes me definitely stay away from the ocean. There's no way in hell I'm mm-hmm. getting out there with one of those things out there. Mm-mm. No way. Mm-mm. Mike, uh, you're number three. My number three, uh, the Jurassic Park T-Rex. Yeah. Didn't even think of dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, Jurassic Park T Rex. That would have been a good one, man. Yeah, it's a good dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, that's a he's a he is a I mean, and he's such a such a lead character too, you know? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. I mean, it's not a Jurassic Park unless you get the T Rex in there. And they tried yeah, no to way. bring in more sinister uh dinosaurs and the other ones and like people are just like, nah, we don't care about those. Yeah, no. we care about the T Rex. Mm-hmm. When's he gonna mm-hmm. roar? We want to see that. Yeah, you know, and they have the attack of them, and it's like the Raptors are gonna kill the the kids, and then the T Rex come in and save them, and you're like, you know what? We love that T Rex. That guy. Yeah, what a great twist on that movie. That you know, guy the T-Rex is saves all right. You know, you know, and it, I mean, it's just higher on the food chain. It's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, my number two again. If I'm gonna do specifics. I guess it would be uh, the the dragon smog from Lord of the Rings, right? Mm. That uh, that uh, checks out all the treasure that hangs out on top of the treasure. That guy is enormous and frightening, and uh, is pretty intimidating uh, dragon, you know. And he's just got an awesome voice. So that's uh, and as we know, it's a uh, uh, Cumberpatch that's doing that. Uh, doing that voice as we mentioned several weeks ago so there you go 
All right. I'm um, sorry. I, I definitely wanted to. Had to look him up. Oh, yeah. I actually have a, uh, I just added this as a little screen say, or background. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's a great dragon. Yeah. Great dragon. Yeah. Um, Got all his cash. It's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. You're number two, Mike. Beautiful. My number two, Falcor um, from NeverEnding Stories. I'm a fan of dogs. I'm a fan of talking. I'm uh-huh. a fan of flying and therefore flying talking dog. Yeah, it's a great, or is it a dragon? It's like a dog dragon kind of thing, right? What is it? I, I, don't, know. I don't know what you would consider it, but no, I'll consider it your number two. That's what I'll consider yeah. it. Yeah, Falcor, I'll, Falcor. I, I like it. I like it. Mike, my, my number one, this one actually followed what you were truly thinking about it. Ewoks from Star Wars. Ah, Ewoks. Love those little guys. Just little teddy yeah. bears that follow you around, man. Mm-hmm. And little teddy bears that got your back, right? Somebody's annoying you. You're They're like, you know what? We're going to kill that guy for you. And you're like, thanks, Ewoks. <laughs> and then they come in and they do their little chub nub and they, they give you a hug on your, on your leg. And you're like, no, nice, right? Great animal, yeah. Ewoks, number one for me, man. All nice. right, you're number one. My number one would be um, Godzilla. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, my favorite Godzilla, the Ferris Bueller Godzilla from 2000. Man, what a great Godzilla. It's a good one. Um, I'm excited I, for the I new remember Godzilla, that was, too. That was a huge, you know, that was a huge uh, movie summer. I remember when that thing came out, you know. It was a big, big deal. Everybody had to go. All, all the... Fast food restaurants have Godzilla. Se- yeah, Taco Bell. Crap. Taco Bell. I was actually Googling Taco Bell uh, Godzilla there merch. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Mike. Oh, Mike, great. that is our top three fictional animals. Mike, what's our topic for next week? Um, th- My eyes went straight to this one. I'm going to say top three apps. How's that sound? Top three apps. Your phone apps. Ah, oh, God, I'm probably pretty boring on that one. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. Uh, uh. Mm. Okay. Well, or we could say. Uh, what else you got? Hmm. I mean, because like one of my apps is gonna be like Canvas. What? The. How about how about this is uh kind of uh this is really wholesome. Top three teas. Teas. As in <laughs> drinking teas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I drink enough teas for that one. Nope. You know? No. No, well, I mean, like, you know, it's like black and green. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's pretty much, you know, I don't think I go specific enough. Every now and then yeah. I'll get crazy and be like, you know, like, oh, try this lavender something tea. But, you know, it never yeah, sticks. Okay. I don't do That's it regular enough. That's fair. That's fair. What else we got? Um, we got anything else on the list? Hmm. Is that the only two? Top three. <laughs> Oh, I got some random ones. How about this? All right, we'll 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 stay. So, how about top three Japanese tourist destinations? Hmm. So in Japan, top in three Japan, places. top three places you would go in Japan. All right, I am. Yeah. I'm ready to go down the rabbit hole of J- Japan. I yeah, I, I, I don't really have any on the top of uh, <laughs> of the list right now, but uh, I, you better believe I'm gonna have some. Right yeah, now, pretty right, right. Pretty much all I got right now is Tokyo. That's pretty much it, and it's, uh, and not anything specifically in Tokyo. It's just a cool city, so I'd like to go there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, definitely, I'm gonna do some research, listeners. We are gonna have some mm-hmm. Japan 
locations. I'm excited about that. I always love traveling, Mike. Fake traveling. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. All right. <laughs> Mike, uh, we need to finish up these birthday suits for this week. Uh, it's possible, again, possibly get for three for three Sweet. here. Uh, let's see. Let's go with the one that I have a little less confidence in here. Okay. So uh, here we go. Here's the here's the condensed uh, um, clue. Lead character in Boy Meets World. Hmm. Um, and I'll add to that. Boy Meets World. His brother played the lead character in the Wonder Years. Wow, I I don't think I'm gonna. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, I don't even know. I I mean, it's one of those things. I'm guessing you never watched any Boy Meets World. What was World. the first name of his brother? Fred. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Let's see if this name rings a bell. Ben Savage. Ben Savage. And Fred Savage. Yes. Fred Savage. Yeah, yeah. Born on September 13, 1980, Chicago, Illinois. Made his uh, debut in the movie Little Monsters. Then was in the movie Mm, Clifford. Great movie. Uh, In 1993, landed uh, basically his pretty much the one role he's known for. Corey on Boy Meets World. Starred mm-hmm. in it from 1993 to 2000. Uh, after stopping it, he took a little break from uh, acting. Then he was in some independent films. 2014, he reprised his role there of Corey on Boy Meets World spinoff titled Girl Meets World. Uh, and now, apparently, he's in politics, Mike. Didn't know this. Uh, in 2022, he qualified as a candidate for the West Hollywood City Council but he wasn't elected to one of the three positions. And then back in March, he announced that he would be running for the uh, for California's 30th con- uh, Congressional District in 2024. Word. So there you go. Ben Savage turning 43 for Ben Savage. Wild. Nice. Wild. Happy birthday to Ben Savage. Yeah. Mike, you're now shooting 50 today. It's bringing down your average. It's bringing yeah. it down. Let's get it back up. This one you can do. You can do this one. Uh, and you're, you're going to look worse as a comedian with your comedian knowledge if you don't <laughs> know this one. Um, here we go. Here's the condensed clue. The Roast Master General, known for always being the host of Roast. Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross is correct. Hey. There we go. I figured you couldn't get that one wrong. That would be... That would be a hit to your your comedy credentials <laughs> if you didn't know Jeff Ross. Uh, September 13th, 1965 in Newark, New Jersey. Doesn't it make sense that the Roastmaster General's from New Jersey? Like, that just... Of course. Like, just makes sense. And that's, that's what he says in all of his interviews. Like, where did he get it from? He's like, basically, everybody just roasted each other in my family. My uncle was known as, like... What was his, like, his, his uncle was known as, like, mean... They called him something mean something, his name. And, like, they're just like, he would just, Mean Murray, that was his name. Mean Murray, and he would just roast you. And I was like, yeah, that sounds sounds par <laughs> for the course for, for New Jersey. Uh, and then he attended Boston University. You go New Jersey to Boston. Nice. You're going to have a... You're going to have a rough edge to you if you're going those two cities your whole life, or that state to that city. Um, anyways, he worked, uh, he uh, had a 
undergrad degree in broadcasting and film, and then uh, attended a comedy class in 1989 uh, and started doing comedy ever since. And by 1995, Hmm. he was invited to the New York Friars Club for the roasting of Steven Seagal. That was his first roast, Steven Seagal. Mm. Then he became such a regular that he was given the title uh, Roastmaster. In 1998, they had their first televised roast of Drew Carey. He was then also hired as a writer for Jimmy Kimmel uh, on The Man Show. Uh, And then uh, he's been doing roast ever since. Fun fact, he was the first guest on Mark Marone's uh, podcast back in 2009. Yep. For okay. First, first guest on WTF, uh, and the and the guest on the 800th episode eight years later. Uh, so there you nice. go. There you go. Uh, happy birthday to Jeff Ross, turning 58. Mike, 58 for the roast master general. There we go. There we go. Mike, we have some great shows coming up. Very excited. Uh, we have some uh, some good ones in store. We have the uh, band of Limbo coming on the show. Can't wait. Pistols at Dawn also coming on the show. Uh, but until next week, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Ferticus, Charette. Thank you, thank you, Doc G. Always a pleasure. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doo-doo.